So more hope, uh, title of this message today is going to be um, more hope in the future. But let, let's go to the next slide, which is uh, our theme verse, John seven thirty eight. So whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's why we've been focused on the, the title, More Hope, Living Water for Life, right? Living Water for Life. Living Water for Life. Do you have water running out of your life? Are you flowing? Because we can shut off the flow, but we can also open wide the flow, the flood of Jesus Christ. Love is grace, and it can be astounding. So the verses today, I'll just throw them up on the screen. Revelation 22, 7. This is kind of the end of the story. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Jesus says, I'm coming soon. I've told you some things here prophetically. Obey and see fruit for your labor. Which, if you read between the lines, means be willing to die for me as I died for you. Whether you do or don't die, just be willing and we'll reign together forever. And then this, Revelation 22, 17, which kind of goes back to our theme verse. And let no one, and let the one who is thirsty come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I don't know if you guys read Revelation The book of life is a pretty big deal. The water of life is a pretty big deal. And you can have it for free. Free to you, anyway. It's like when you pull up at McDonald's. You ever do that uh, on Fridays? Do they do that drive-thru? What is that that called? Drive-thru? Do you guys listen to this? Drive-thru difference? Yeah. So, it's not like I drive through McDonald's and the guy goes, Hey, free dinner. Free lunch. For you. No, he says, the person in front of you purchased your meal. Right? So it had a cost to someone, it just doesn't have a cost to you. Right? That's salvation. It's not like we just got lucky and they just decided to give it away for free. It's that the person that came before us, Jesus Christ came before us, he paid for our meal. We took communion. He paid for that meal. He paid for that forgiveness that you feel when you take that meal. That's how it went down. It's awesome. All right, Revelation chapter 15. (laughs) More hope in our future, right? And I think there's a lot. (laughs) I love how every week it's kind of like, This is what the Bible says, but it's very relevant to where we are as a church. Every week, I'm just like, and there it is. So, more hope in our future, church. 
There's a lot of hope for our future. I don't know what the future holds. I mean, you're reading Revelation, and you're like, oh, I kind of get an idea. And I've given you kind of an idea. Well, here's some options that God's presented. What if God presents another option? Okay. Like, we just follow him. The best we can, we just follow him. All right. So, hope in our future, church. There's a hope in our future. And, you know, you might put your hope in a lot of different things. But I'm putting my hope in the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm putting my hope in Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of the Father. I'm putting my hope in the Father, who's sitting on the throne. We've been through all that, right? And I'm putting my hope in those guys, that guy, (laughs) the guy, God. Because he's worthy. He's never failed us, and he won't fail us again. It's not going to happen. So, hope in our future, and I think you'll see it clearly, the future is clear. It's clear. You read Revelation, you're like, yep, pretty clear. That's what's going to happen. That's the future. And I'd like to say, maybe in a prophetic way, hey church, it's not just someday. Someday when Jesus comes back, won't that be cool? Then all the promises will come, and my future will be realized. Is that it? No. I might have preached that 10 years ago, but that's not it. You have a choice today. Your future is now. The kingdom of heaven is here. Just if you want to realize it and live in that spiritual kingdom or continue to walk in the world until Jesus comes back and makes it reality. I would just say to anyone who thinks that's a good plan, you're probably not likely to choose Jesus then if you won't choose him now. Just saying, right? That's at least what I'm seeing in the Bible. Is like, you're not likely to repent then if you don't repent now. You're not likely to discover that the kingdom is here now then if you didn't discover it was here now. Now. You're not likely to do that. Revelation chapter 15, let's read it. Then I saw, then I saw. How many times did he say that in Revelation? Then I saw, then I looked, I saw, I saw, then I saw. That's that's what I'm preaching today. The future is clear. You can see it. You can see it. It's there. I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues. I like preaching this because this isn't going to be my... History, uh, my future, right? The wrath of God isn't getting poured out on unbelievers, which are the last. We need an end to this all, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name. Standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. I'm like, I'm thinking that's an electric guitar. Because I have always wanted to play electric guitar. So whatever that harp is, maybe it's different for everybody. I don't know. You want to play violin? Maybe it's a violin for you. I don't know. But I'm like ready to be able to play music because I haven't been able to so far. All right. 
and they sing the song of Moses. If that doesn't connect the Old Testament plagues with this, I don't know what does. That's Exodus chapter 15. The servant of God and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and amazing are your deeds. Whose deeds? God's deeds. O Lord God Almighty. Not great and amazing are my deeds. I think we get tripped up with that as Christians, as church people. Oh, if I just do good deeds. No, great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. We're in the book of Revelation. The future has been revealed, guys. You can live in that future today. It's already happening. After this I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of witness, he calls it that, he calls it the tabernacle, he calls it the temple, in heaven was opened. Guess what? Heaven's open for business. Jesus' temple is receiving you. Do you want to be a part of the family? Just ask. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues, clothed in pure, bright linen, with golden sashes around their chest, and one of the four living creatures. Which one do you think it is? One, two, three, or four. You guys remember them? Was this a little test at church, a little pop quiz? The first one is? First living creature is? Lion, okay? Second living creature is? Ox. Third living creature is? It's a man. It's the son of man. Fourth one is? Eagle. Good, all right. So we got these four. I like to guess. Like one of them, one of them, one of them. Like which one? One of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven bowls full of the wrath of God. Maybe the man? Maybe the lion? I don't know. Who lives forever and ever. That's one phrase that in chapters 15 through 22 I underlined. So go ahead and underline that. You're going to see it, I think, four times. Forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever. That brings me a lot of joy, forever and ever. He's highlighted that in these last chapters. And the sanctuary was filled with the smoke from the glory of God. That gives you pictures of Isaiah 6. Holy, holy, holy. Was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from His power, His greatness. And no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. How long is that going to be? Did you guys read the scriptures? Because he says how long it's going to be. How long is that going to be before these seven plagues are finished? Just take a guess. It's all good. Too long. If, if, if you read it, he says it two times. He says, these plagues are so severe that they're going to happen in one day. 
So these seven plagues that he talks about in chapter 16, he says, in a single day this will happen. Now I want you to think about that. That's a lot of stuff happening in one day. That's 24 hours you don't want to be a part of. But it's not going to happen to us, praise the Lord. Flip over to chapter 19. After this, I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. Are you going to be part of that multitude? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is my future. This is what I'm going to be saying. I don't know exactly when I'm going to be saying it, but might as well start saying it today. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke of her goes up forever and ever. There's another time it said that. And the 24 elders, you remember who the 24 elders are? Well, it doesn't really tell us. But there's some speculation that it might be the 12 tribes, Reuben, Simeon, those guys, and the 12 apostles. Don't know if that's true. But 24 elders, humans, spirits, and the four living creatures, which we named earlier, fell down and worshipped God who, who was seated on the throne. Remember the word the throne, the throne, the throne. We were circling that earlier in chapter 4 and 5. It's like 20 some point. It's like it keeps going. Seated on the throne, saying, so what are the 24 elders and the creatures, four creatures saying? Amen. Let it be so. Yes, this is the truth. Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, I'm like, who is talking now? From the throne. Who do you think that is? I'm going to say God. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. We've got a multicolors here. <laughs> Praise our God. All you his saints, you who fear him, small and great. I don't know if this is true, but I kind of take this as the Holy Spirit going, hey, this is what we do. This is what re believers do. Repeat again. Repeat again. Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude. That's us. Like a roar of many waters. Like a sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out. So we go for it again. When God's like, yeah, praise me. We're like, go for it again. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Who's the bride? We're the bride. What are we supposed to be? Ready. If you go to Mark chapter 13, it says, stay awake, be ready. If you go to uh, 2 Thessalonians or 1 Thessalonians, it says, stay awake, be ready. That's what we're supposed to be, preparing ourselves. 
How long did it take you women to get ready on your wedding day? How early did you get up? How long did you spend on your hair, your nails, your clothes? How much did you spend? How lavish was it? Think about it now. That's how we're supposed to be right now. Preparing ourselves right now. Spare no expense. Take all the time you need, God. I need to be prepared for Jesus. I hope that you can get there. For the fine linen, did I skip a part? I did. For the marriage of the land has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. We're going to look like the angels. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. What does that make you want to do? That makes me want to be righteous. All right? You know what I would have said 10 years ago? That makes me want to go do good. It makes me want to work harder. It makes me want to do something. No, 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 no. Doing comes out of being. You have to be with God to know what He wants you to do. We have a lot of notions about what God wants us to do. We have a lot of thoughts about what we should do. We've even read the scriptures and we're like pretty clear about what we should do. But the timing depends on God. What you should do, when you should do it. So you have to be in order to do. Don't lose that. Don't become legalistic. It won't be good. And the angel said to me, write this. Here it is, guys. We talked about this. We are blessed. Didn't, was that last week? or That was two weeks ago. Blessed. Write this. Blessed, blessed, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. That's the second thing I've highlighted, highlighted several times. He says it, trustworthy and true, trustworthy and true, trustworthy and true. These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Whoop! The angel? But he said to me, you must not do that. With emphasis, exclamation point. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. What does he say? Worship God. Is there any doubt about who we should worship? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's it. We don't worship angels. If you get to see an angel, woo! It's a messenger from God. If you get to have a dream, awesome. Message from God. That's great. Well, test that. Could be a message from God. Could be a message from another spirit. Don't open yourself up to other spirits. Worship God. And then this phrase, and I want to preach this to you, but I'm not quite there yet. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I don't think we're just talking this. Is 
There's a lot there. You could go meditate on that. You can go ask Jesus what he's saying through the angel. Before I wrap up and keep reading, I want to give you the points quick. So here's what I see. The future is clear. I see freedom in our future. That's what I see. I was reading, I was reading, I was reading, and it was like forever and ever just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And I was doing other parts of the message, and then I got to the last point, and I was like, riches. God's saying he's going to give us riches. And I'm like, whoa. And I went back through all the points, and I was like, oh, oh, this needs to be life applicational. This doesn't need to be like just truth, truth, truth. This needs to be like, here's the application for you. I see freedom in your future. Now, you can be free now. You can. Or you can wait for later and be free. You get a choice. You can be free from sin now by the power of God. By the Spirit of God. You can be free from sin now. Or you can wait till Jesus comes back and you can be free then. That's your choice. You get to choose that. You get to choose whether you want to walk in freedom now in the kingdom of heaven, which is here on earth, or whether you want to wait and walk in it someday when it's actually realized physically on this earth. I think that's astounding. And it's without price. It's free to you forever and ever because of the forgiveness Jesus paid for on the cross. That's good news. I see freedom in our uh, future because of God's forgiveness. You can just add that. Because of God's forgiveness. All right? Here's the illustration. When this all goes down, in order to buy and sell, in order to be a member of society, you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. In order to be free to move about, to buy and sell, you will have to take the mark of the beast. Have you noticed something? Every time God has something, Satan tries to mirror it. Every time there's a woman, then there's a prostitute. <laughs> you know, there's a city, and then there's another city. There's a system, and then there's another system. You can just go on and on and on. Every time he copies it. Jesus says, Shema, I'll, I'll, I'll write this on your forehead. I'll put this on your hand. And Satan says, oh, I need you to do this. Whatever you do, do not accept that. Do not accept that. Okay, And it's pretty clear in here why. And be willing to die. So freedom, you can have the mark of the beast, sell, buy, it's great. Or you can reject your earthly freedoms and you can have freedom in God forever and ever. Truth? We get that kind of twisted up, don't we? We want freedom from God here on earth in earthly ways. That's what we ask for. God, would you free us from the burden of the land? 
not a bad prayer. Is that the freedom I need? I'm not sure. What's the freedom I need? I need freedom from God. I need freedom from sin. I need freedom from the wrath of God. And guess what? I have all of that and more. He has the virgin, right? And he has the harlot. Who's really free? The harlot gets to do whatever they want whenever they want. Seems like a lot of fun, right? Let's just go out and have, you know, sex with anybody. That'll be great. Is that freedom? Or is that really bondage? And then you got on the other side the virgin, right? Who seemingly, that's bondage, and yet living in freedom. It's opposite, guys. This world's kingdom tells you one thing, and whatever this world tells you, just do the opposite, and it'll be amazing for you. That's basically what it's saying. It's like, if the world system and your leaders tell you this, just do the opposite, and it'll be awesome. It's so interesting. Look at chapter 17, verse 14. says, they will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are called, those who are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. All right, second thing. I see victory in your future. I don't just see freedom in your future, and I'm telling you you can have that freedom today. In Jesus Christ. Because the cross is done. Right? It's already paid for. You just need to accept it. But I see victory in your future. I see victory in our future. Like, well, when does that happen? Oh, I guess we have to wait for the battle of Armageddon. Or I guess we have to wait for Jesus to come back. Or I guess we have to wait for the king on the horse. Right? I mean, look at chapter 19, verse 11. I saw heaven open. Reminds me of Isaiah 64, 1. And behold, a white horse. Didn't we already have a white horse in the story? Okay, who was riding that horse? Yeah, the Antichrist. Why? Because he's always trying to copy things. But this is the true. <laughs> this is it. A white horse, one sitting on it called Faithful and True. That Antichrist is never going to be called that. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes like a flame of fire, Revelation 1. On his head were many diadems, and he has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, his own blood, because he died for us. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God, John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the Word. He's the truth. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, that might be you right there, white and pure, were following him on white horses. What? Satan could try to act like God, ride in on a white horse, but you're actually going to get to ride on a white horse with God. Uh-huh. 
That's victory. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. A word? Is it a literal sword or just he speaks a word? With which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron and will tread the winepress of his fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Seems like the bold judgment's being poured out right there. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, there's so much here. But I'm telling you, you don't have to wait till this day to ride a white horse and be victorious in your life. That's cool. And I'm looking forward to that actually happening. That'll be fun. But spiritually, you can have victory over Satan today because he is defeated at the cross. See, when I was a kid, I grew up thinking, well, someday it will be grand. But right now, I have to just struggle through it all. And now I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Satan wants you to believe that, wants you to think that, because that keeps you living in zero victory. Now, I'm not saying you might have complete victory. You might. Or you might have a little victory and a little bit more, and a little bit more. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. Sometimes we get to this fact where we stumble and we sin, and we're like, I stink, it's so bad. Ah. That's guilt. That's shame. God loves you. He would look you straight in the eye and say, I, he covers your skin knee, with salve and puts on whatever, you know, to cover it or heals it. <laughs> he looks you in the eye and he says, I love you. These are the things that will hurt you. Don't do these things. I have better things for you. And that's part of the process. I think we have this idea like we're going to go into the phone booth, repent of our sins, we're going to come out and we're going to be like a superhero. That's not reality. I'm not saying that can't happen, but that's not reality. Reality is you go into the phone booth and something awesome happens and you go in again tomorrow and you go in again tomorrow and you go in again tomorrow and you go in again tomorrow. Keep going into the phone booth Keep getting the power from the Lord every day and live a victorious life. Hopefully that helps. Had to pull the superheroes in for some reason. Not in my notes. Last one. I see abundance in our future. I see freedom in our future because of God's forgiveness. I see victory in our future because of God's greatness. And I see abundance in our future because of God's fullness. I see abundance in our future. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to just wait it out. I'm willing to ask God again today and say, God, whenever you want to pour it on, just go ahead and pour it on. Make us spiritually fit to receive what you already have planned. Look at chapter 21. Then I saw in heaven a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out down from heaven 
from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them, will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, no more, any more, for the former things have passed away. Well, that's going to be a great day. Can't wait. God doesn't wipe your tears away today. God doesn't give you joy when you should feel pain. He does. He actually does. There's sometimes I walk through life and it's like, I should be bawling right now. All the crud that's happened, I should be a wreck. But by the grace of God, with a smile on my face, I say, let's go. Let's do it again. What is that? That's God. That's the Holy Spirit in you. That's God dwelling in you. There's still going to be tears. I'm not saying. This has to be a reality, right? Where every tear is wiped away, where there won't be any more joy or any more sorrow. There will be a time when all sorrow will cease. But in this time when there still is sorrow on the earth, guess what? Sometimes God takes your tears and he's like, love you. And it's unexplainable. I'm not preaching against emotion. I'm not saying, well, if you're not happy, what's wrong with you? I'm not saying that. Turn to your neighbor and say he's not saying that. I'm not saying that. I've cried tears. There is emotion. But I'm telling you, there's also a supernatural joy that makes you run through a brick wall when you shouldn't do it. And it's crazy. He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these are the words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. When else did he say it was done? At the cross he said it was done. How powerful is your Jesus? Well, someday he'll be able to rescue me, but not today. Really? That's weak sauce. You're drinking the wrong Kool-Aid. You need something stronger than that. Okay? I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means from the beginning to the end it was done. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. I'll read that again. To the thirsty. Are you thirsty, church? I want a drink from a well that doesn't run dry. John chapter 7, 37 through 39. I want springs of living water bubbling up in me every day. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. It will cost you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. And one, the one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God, and he will be my son or daughter. 
Now keep reading to verse 8, because I think this is where we all get tripped up, and it'll take us back to point 1. But as for the cowardly, that's me. As for the faithless, two hands up, Steve. As for the detestable, that's me too. As for the murderer, well, unless you read Matthew 5 through 7, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I'm not a murderer. But if you read Matthew 5 through 7, I am. The sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars. That pretty much sums it up. Everybody in here is done now. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. He just described the second death up there. Sorry, you'd have to read it to get it. What do I do with that verse? What do I do with that verse? I'm guilty as charged. Second death, lake of fire. verse used to haunt me. I'm not good enough. i got to stop doing these things. i got to... No. You can't stop lying. You can't say... I mean, God can in you. God can in you. Right? But left to your own, you're going to lie. You're going to lie. Let's just call it what it is. What do we do with that verse? Jesus Christ. That's what we do with that verse. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The blood of the Lamb covers your sin. Which is why I can say, I see clearly, if you accept Jesus by faith, His blood covering your sin, you know where liars go? Fond of saying this. To heaven if they're saved. But it's the truth. It's where I'm headed. I'm headed to heaven. And you know why? Because of the blood of Jesus. It's not my good work. It's not what I can do. It's what he has done. And as I rest in that and submit to it, I will not experience the second death. I will not experience the lake of fire. I will experience, right, resurrection. And that will be glory. All right. I see abundance, fullness of Christ in your future. I see freedom in our future through forgiveness. Are you saved in Jesus' name? I see victory in our future, because of God's greatness. Are you trusting in God's power to walk with you day by day by day by day to conquer sin, death, whatever's ailing you? We're all ailing in some way, right? Whether physically or maybe even spiritually, we need to be awoke in some way. Are you trusting in His greatness or are you trying to be great? in your own flesh. And I see abundance 
in our future because of God's fullness. And it might not look like the world's kind of abundance. Now, I'm not a health wealth guy, but I'm not a poverty gospel guy either. <laughs> I don't think you have to be poor to be saved. But I don't think being saved makes you rich unless we're talking about spiritual riches. And you know what? When you live according to God and His Word, a lot of times what can happen is physical things can happen that will bring blessing. But that is not presumed, and I wouldn't even assume that. I would just live right and watch it happen, right? Just, just live for Him, hand it all over to Him, and watch it happen. I don't know why God brought this to mind, but I'm going to say it now. This is the second time. I think it was Cheryl that shared with our church a couple weeks ago about tithing and about, um, how do you say it? Yeah, giving back to God was his. Thank you for saying that. And when she said that, we were thinking about this land stuff and all that, and I think the land had just fallen through. Um, and God gave me this thought. What if everybody in our church gave 10% to God? What if that was true? What if they just went, checked the balance sheet and said, 10%, this is what's God's, I'm giving it. What would happen? Maybe the land would be paid for. Maybe God would open up the floodgates of heaven and we would see abundance. So I didn't bring it up then because I don't like to talk about money and I'm not asking you to give. At least not to me. What I'm wondering is if revival comes through Christians doing what God says in his word in obedience to him, and then I see abundance in our future because of God's fullness. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. I just submit that to you, all right? Let me pray. Father, we love you. Man, what a long time. <laughs> We've taken through the New Testament all year. And we come to the end. It is rich. It gives us hope. God, when we hit the doors of jam for the last time, <laughs> may we hit that crash bar with a little more pep in our step. May we hit that crash bar with a with a new hope and vigor for life. May we walk out into this world with our head held high, our eyes fixed on you, the author and finisher of our faith. And God, may you do abundant things. May you bring freedom. May you bring victory. May you bring abundance. And not only that, since you've already brought those all at the cross, may we live in freedom. May we live in victory. May we live in abundance. 
In Jesus' name, amen.